Welcome to the Zenov podcast. You are listening to our business resilience series where we bring to you conversations with eminent industry stalwarts and thought leaders from across the globe as they share their insights on overcoming challenges and the mindset that helps them navigate through journeys of crisis resilience and growth. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Zenov podcast. I am Nitika Goel, CMO of Zenov and your host for today. Over the past few months, the entire healthcare industry has been put to the test by the global pandemic. In these trying times, technology has played a key role in helping the industry build a significant amount of resilience. And one such technology is artificial intelligence or AI. To help us gain perspective on how healthcare outcomes have been enhanced with AI and ML, I have with me Amit Fadnis, GE Officer and Chief Digital Officer at GE Healthcare. Amit leads GE's digital and AI strategy business, and he has more than 30 years of industry experience and holds more than 25 US patents. Amit, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Nitika. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me to this podcast. Great. So diving right in, AI is considered to be transformational for the healthcare industry. What has the role and impact of AI been during the COVID crisis? That's a great question, Nitika. First of all, uh, I I would acknowledge and say, yes, absolutely. If there is one technology uh, that is transforming healthcare, you know, tremendously today and has the potential of, you know, sort of transforming it even more going forward for the benefit of patient, it is AI. Now, uh, COVID crisis has been uh, very interesting, to be frank with you. Uh, it, we would have, one would have expected uh, AI, ML to play a much larger role during this particular crisis. Uh, but the pandemic hit us uh, at a rate uh, that was totally unprecedented in this particular scenario. AI in general uh, needs uh, data and, and it needs ground truth on the data. So. AI cannot by itself generate knowledge at this, at least at this point in time. Uh, so essentially the way uh, AI works is um, if you have uh, good data from patients in the past uh, and you have annotated ground truth on it, which means that you know exactly what the condition of the patient was and that condition was recorded, you can apply those data sets to actually train a model and then, you know, once you have trained the model sufficiently and validated it, when you apply a new data set. In the case of pandemic, unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, there were not many data sets that were available to train models to begin with, right? So it was not like COVID was detectable through AI right up front because nobody had trained a model because nobody had data uh, around it. But over a period of last two months, there are several companies uh, across the globe, uh, and including, I would say, GE Healthcare, which has successfully sort of trained the trained AI-based models uh, mm-hmm. for different modalities like X-ray, CT. Uh, we are actually at this point in time looking at um, developing a cross-modality model between X-ray and CT and lab information together, uh, because now we have data sets available. Mm-hmm. And what we are finding is because of the availability of the data sets and our ability to build cross-modality models, the efficacy of these models in terms of 
its accuracy is is increasing significantly and i think you know uh, there are quite a few models that are available today which are being already used in the care pathway uh, in both detection as well as treatment of the patients and that will continue to improve going forward you know uh, as we as we go through this crisis over the next few months Absolutely. so that's where we are with ai thank you that's a really interesting perspective and now like you mentioned we now have a deluge of data we are also able to make uh, certain inferences from that data so how do you really see the use cases i know you did talk about it a little bit but how do you see the use cases emerging in the near future yes actually it's a, it's a very important question see the the use cases are very different dependent on the particular care pathway uh that countries are adopting and when i say care pathways what it essentially means is how you know if there is a suspected covid case or if it is if there is a you know sort of confirmed covid case how is the country how is the particular health system actually treating that patient what are the steps they follow right what do they do first you know at what frequency uh do they repeat some procedures you know and so on and so forth right so the care pathway is very very important in some countries you know they first do a test you know then they do x ray if required they do a ct to understand the lung condition in in, in this particular case and then they put the patient on a particular treatment path and they repeat some of the scans and so on and so forth right in mm-hmm. some countries they are actually leading with ct and a and a pathological test right uh, so the care pathways actually differ from you know mostly between you know from one country to another country a little bit and that determines how you actually use the ai models right mm-hmm. uh, take the example of a cross modality model so let's say that we are developing a model using both x ray and ct right just to keep it simple what you typically do is uh, for the same patient you need data sets for both x ray as well as for ct and you obviously need a ground truth to be annotated on both the, both of those you know scans you then train the model with both x ray as well as ct uh, in such a way that you know that uh, you know just just think about this as an x ray and a ct super uh, an x ray superimposed on a ct uh, or a ct superimposed on an x ray image and you're training the you know model with with that combined image the 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 advantage of this type of a model is that then once you have trained that model you may apply it in a in a country or in a situation where ct is not that easily accessible mm-hmm. but since you have trained the model with both x ray and ct images when you apply a x ray image because the model has been trained with both x ray and ct it can be then used to say for this particular patient what would the ct artifacts look like on a ct image typically so it is as good as taking a ct image itself so you you actually train the model so that when i now apply as x ray you can actually predict what the ct parameters could be which can come in extremely handy you know in situations where ct is not that easily accessible you know for patients right so so that's one one example of care pathway the second example is you may just do a x ray based model and an x ray based care pathway and a ct based care pathway there are other combinations where we are combining uh this the x ray information with the lab information right 
uh, and then combining those two parameters and generating the model so that it can be then used in that particular care pathway. So it's very dependent on the way the patient is actually treated. Interesting. So obviously, AI is going to start playing a more critical role in in the pathways, right? So will it be AI companies that are become are entering the healthcare space, or is it going to be healthcare companies that are going to be focusing more on AI? Well, I think it can be both, right? Uh, it can definitely be both. I think I think what is important is uh, you know do the do the company does the company have access to the right data sets, right? Uh, depending on what type of model you are trying to generate, uh, are those data sets properly annotated with ground truth, and what is the quality of that ground truth? And then obviously, you know, if you want to uh, apply the uh, AI model in different geographies, then you you need to make sure that your model has been treated with a variety of data sets from different geographies. Because what we have seen typically is that depending on the, you know, genetic profile of patients, uh, you know, model developed in, with a particular data set you know, from a particular country does not work very well. Yeah, you know, if you applied that same model to a totally new, uh, you know, data set coming from a totally different country, okay. So the variety of that, you know, data set is extremely important, both from a model build-out perspective as well as from a validation standpoint. And then finally, uh, any AI is useful if it is seamlessly integrated in a, uh, in a care pathway and in a in a clinical workflow, right? So if you if you if a company does all of these things right, it really doesn't matter, right? You know, it could be an existing healthcare company which is trying to do this, or it may be a new new startup which is trying to get into healthcare. But some of these considerations are extremely important. Availability of data, uh, good ground truth on that data, and more importantly, variety of information or variety of data sets. And then, you know, your ability to sort of uh, seamlessly apply the AI model in a, in a given clinical workflow. Right. So all of those parameters would determine how successful this could be, right, for any company. Got it. So would you also say that the influence of AI and the way organizations are thinking about innovation and partnerships is changing in the current scenario? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, uh, see, one of, one of the things that has happened because of the uh, as a result of COVID across the globe, actually, in many, many countries, um, is that uh, because of social distancing norms and things like that, and because of the need to sort of protect healthcare workers, uh, most of the health systems are trying to, you know, um, do online consulting to the extent possible, right? So consider a care pathway for any particular disease. Uh, what we are seeing consistently talking to a number of uh, number of our customers in G Healthcare is that a lot of them have said that now over the last two months, um, they are doing far more online consults compared to what they were doing before. Uh, just to give a couple of examples, one of the large health systems here in the U.S. said that they used to do just five to ten online consults every day. Every day, that number has gone up for them to about three thousand online consults a single day. Right. So every day they are doing three thousand online consults successfully, and what they are realizing is that in a care pathway, about eighty percent of the care pathway they can execute. Uh, remotely, right, without really bringing in the patient. And then 20% of the care pathway, they may have to bring in the patient in a physical sort of hospital setting. Similarly, 80% of the total number of patients can also be treated by, you know, through online consults. So that is having a significant implication in the way they 
they they are treating the patients and this has a great amount of applicability as far as ai is concerned because when you are doing an online consults a lot of initial triaging um, you know obviously if you have regulatory clearances you know both on the model as well as from a workflow perspective uh, can be obviously done through ai right a lot of reading can be done through ai a lot of uh, you know segmentation quantification of images uh, measurements all of that you know can be done through ai and that sort of releases the burden from a radiologist perspective or from a clinician perspective to a large extent but we we clearly seen significant trends in virtual hospitals and telemedicine you know remote reads uh, remote sort of execution of care pathways uh, through through this pandemic and, and and the interesting thing is most of them are now saying well there is there are a lot of benefits here uh, and while the pendulum has swung quite a bit in one direction 3000 4000 online consults a day you know post covid people are not you know they don't think that this will go back all the way to where it was before so uh, you know most of our customers are saying they expect 60 to 65% of the care pathways to be still executed remotely and in a virtual fashion going forward so this is a significant impact on and change in the way uh, care is delivered in the health systems great you, uh, that's really interesting information the other thing you talked about is right you said regulatory clearances at some point regulations and data privacy has always been a key hurdle in the healthcare space will ai or technology uh, technology play any role in solving for this challenge you believe well actually uh, that's an interesting question because uh, you know the, the, the I, first of all i think the regulations are necessary you are you are you are dealing with patients you are dealing with human beings mistakes you make there uh can have significant implications uh, on patients right so there there are regulations for good reason and they are really really important okay uh you know there there are lots of regulate regulatory changes that are happening because of the pandemic too by the way right so for example in the U- us uh you know now there are quite a few reimbursements which are possible on online consults or for example you could you could actually extend care outside of your state because you are now virtual and so on and so forth and that's allowed uh, there are quite a few emergency uh, you know sort of use cases that have been approved uh, at least temporarily by fda uh, in in many different sort of care se- care settings essentially now your question is can ai help you know resolve some of the uh, regulatory issues and that i think is a very interesting question we haven't we haven't really looked at ai from that perspective what fda has been working with a number of companies across uh, uh, across the globe is to sort of get a perspective around how they need to look at it look at you know regulations for ai right you know how, how do you make sure that you frame the regulations for ai in an appropriate fashion so that while you know we encourage innovation to go at a faster pace we also protect you know both patients as well as the health systems you know from from the way it gets applied right you know from a from an outcome perspective so i think that's where there has been a lot of work that has been done now to you know to your point you could we could we could sort of think about a scenario where you know you you're actually using ai behind the scenes uh you know to sort of judge whether uh we are staying within a certain sort of regulation 
as defined by FDA, and FDA could use that in in the background, right? Um, depending on based on the data that they get, and so on and so forth. But that's a really interesting question. I'm I'm not sure uh, how uh, you know potentially this could pan out from a application of AI in the regulation itself, uh, rather than the other way around, which is what regulations are going to be relevant. You know, if you are to do AI-based innovation in healthcare going forward. Got it. Uh, so I'm glad we've given you another perspective to think. Thank you so much, Amit, for joining us. Just to summarize, you said good ground truths uh, annotated from data, diversity of data sets, understanding workflows and care pathways in the case of the healthcare space, and obviously also understanding the value of regulation and also the regulations around AI in, uh, when we're looking at the healthcare value chain. Thank you once again for your time and thank you to all our listeners for listening in. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Zinov's Business Resilience Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes and subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. To know more about Zinov, and if you believe we can help with your problems, please visit our website www.zinov.com or drop us a note at info at Thank you again, and don't forget to tune in to our next episode.